This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. Today we're going to, of course, touch on the recent official visitors that spent time in Coral Gables over the weekend. Uh, But first, I think we should touch on the newsy things um, that have popped even as recently as an hour ago since recording this. So let's start there. Uh, Gabby, we're recording this on Tuesday at about noon. And an hour ago, the ACC officially announced and released uh, the schedule plan for the the football schedule for 2023 through 2026. So for four seasons, the ACC has scrapped the division, the two division model, Um, so it's going to be a a one division conference, the top two teams, uh, by conference win percentage are going to then play for the ACC championship in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now within that model, each team for these four seasons, uh, has three primary opponents, um, that they will play in all four of those seasons. Right. So, uh, You know, y'all can go on Twitter at ACC football and look at the whole breakdown of that. But from a Miami perspective, right, there are three primary opponents that they're going to play in all four of these seasons is, of course, Florida State. So that's good. Uh, Then you have Boston College and then you have Louisville. So let's start there, Gabby. What is your, you know, instant reaction to those three schools being the primary opponents for these four seasons. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a pretty favorable group, right? Like I think you're looking at it in, you know, Boston college, you're not necessarily shaking your boots. Uh, Miami's done a good job with Louisville in recent years. And again, that's a program that if they recruit the right way, like which they have been, I mean, I guess could be in that trending up category. And then Florida state, of course, I mean, you have to have Florida state in there. So I think that that's great that that rivalry will continue. Um, Really, my first kind of thought was, I guess, surprised that Miami didn't line up with a, any coastal 
opponent. I mean, they just spent however long in the coastal. Uh, no one Which from I that like. side of the yeah, I think Switch it's cool. it up. Yeah, that's I mean that I'm all I'm all for it. Like, let's see some fresh faces in Hard Rock Stadium on the road, all that stuff. I think that that's always a lot of fun. That it's not the same year. It's like okay, you know, you're playing the same what is it, eight teams or whatever it is. Um, so I think it's cool that it's going to all shake up and be different. Uh, so yeah, man, I mean, I looked at it and I'm just like, all right. Like, I mean, that's that's yeah. not a bad three to decide it's, to kind of have to go to war against. It's a favorable three because of Florida State not being what Florida State right. can be, right? Um, and, and they will get back to being good eventually. It's just a matter of when. It's a matter of, you know, can Mike Norvell do it or is the next guy going to do it? Um, but for now, right. In terms of like 2023 Boston college, Florida state, Louisville, pretty favorable. You compare that to Florida state's draw, right? So their three is Clemson, Miami, uh, which you could argue if we're, if we're speaking in terms of Atlantic and coastal division times, uh, those are the two best. And then Syracuse, who, you know, I mean, they're not necessarily like a football school, but they seem to lately always give Florida State a game. Right. Um, but really, it's about that Clemson-Miami matchup that stands out about Florida State's primary three. Uh, I think it's worth pointing out, too, right? The ACC released the conference opponents, all of the, what is it, eight uh, teams, that every school is going to be playing from 2023 to 2026, right? So we know in 2023 that Miami is going to host Clemson. They're going to host Georgia Tech. They're going to host Louisville. And they're going to host Virginia. They will then play on the road at Boston College, at Florida State, at North Carolina, and at NC State. So Dates are to be announced, right? That will probably happen, you know, next winter, next spring. Um, but they do know who the opponents are going to be. And, you know, for 2024, those home and road games will flip, if that makes sense. And then 2025, 2026, they will have new opponents outside of those three. And quite frankly, just looking forward to 2025 2026 i mean clemson comes off the schedule in those years and it looks pretty favorable um especially if florida state can't get their act together by then we'll see i mean florida state i think it's a matter of time before they do get their act together um but yeah i guess in general gabby the schedule uh for 2023 2024 and then you include this 2022 schedule Miami's going to get Clemson three years in a row. What's your reaction to that? You here for it, or do you wish they had a little more easier schedule? Yeah, I, I think when we were talking about these three, three, five, this three, three, five deal, I think we were both pretty open to having Clemson a part of that three, just because. Uh, again, I mean, the ACC, let's not pretend like it's the strongest conference top to bottom, but I think if Miami wants to do what they want to do, I mean, you're going to have to see Clemson at some point. You're going to have to dethrone Clemson. So I'm okay with seeing them for, you know, really the first three years of the Mario Cristobal era. 
Right. Uh, I think it gives again it's an Mario, opportunity. Tremendous it's, 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 opportunity. It's a year in, year out opportunity for these first three years. And I think that's one Mario Cristobal welcomes. I don't think he's like, oh crap, we have to see Clemson now. I think he's I think he's relishing the opportunity to, I mean, twice on the road, you're gonna have to go see Clemson in your first three years. I think I think he's looking at that opportunity like this is when we're gonna have a chance to kind of flip the conference in our favor because we are going to get through them and we have the opportunity to get through them. So I'm all for it. I think it's come, I think it comes at a great time. You probably don't see that much after that, except maybe in an ACC championship right. game. But um, I mean, if I'm Mario Cristobal and if I'm the guys in the building there, I, I mean, I think I'm not saying that they need any extra juice or anything like that, but I think knowing that you're going to see Clemson year in and year out for the next two years, I think that gives you has to give you a little bit more juice in your offseason preparation and knowing yep. that, you know, that's the bar. And next year, at least 2023, right? Clemson is definitely the, the marquee ACC home game for Miami schedule. So that's nice in terms of season ticket sales, et cetera, as well. So, you know, look, that's our, I feel like that's kind of our snapshot reaction. We'll have more time to marinate on this new schedule in general, I'm, I like it. I like that it's mixing things up. I think, too, we got to also keep in mind, right, the ACC is trying to be more appealing to television and, uh, you know, give provide more matchups that a national audience will want to watch and thus bring in more TV revenue um, for the conference. So, again, you get Clemson here three years in a row. That's only going to be a good thing from a national TV audience perspective. Right. Um, so I'm here for it. I like it. That's my quick reaction. Um, anything else, Gabby? No, I mean, I think that's, I think that's pretty much it. Let's move on to uh, Jaden Rashada talk, right? I think we, we provided our instant reaction when the commitment was public on CBS sports HQ. And later that night um, that the day that, uh, Jaden Rashada announced his commitment. A report from On3 surfaced that uh, reported, I guess, that <laughs> uh, Jaden Rashada turned down a mil- uh, $11 million <laughs> to go to Florida. And this is, I, I don't know if the article necessarily made this clear, but this is what that means you know, all these numbers, it means over four years, right? So an average annual would be, you know, what, I don't know, 2.25 to 2.5 million for 11, right? Uh, And then they said, the article said, he decided to to go with Miami for nine and a half million. Uh, Again, that's, that would be over four years, if that was true. Um, What I, what I think both both of us have been told, quite frankly, Gabby, is you know, look, we're not going to sit here and deny that NIL is not a factor. We all know it is. We can now somewhat openly discuss that NIL, right. uh, you know, compensation is a factor in recruiting nowadays, um, whether the NCA wants to recognize it or not, right? Um, and you know, look, I don't think you or I will ever feel comfortable straight up reporting numbers that we hear because that to me, that's like extremely touchy, extremely dicey. Uh, And unless I like see a contract, a black and white contract, I'm not touching that type of stuff. Um, 
but what you and I have been told is it's not in that ballpark. Um, you know, uh, and that goes for Florida as well. Like what Florida was willing to do as well. So, um, you know, I think I'll just leave it here. Uh, just be mindful. I'm not going to speak down on anyone's reporting because reporting's a hard thing to do. And, you know, sometimes people will use reporters, right? It's a hard thing to navigate at sometimes. Um, but I would just say be mindful of where you get your information and, uh, you know, uh, try and go with people that you trust in terms of uh, reading what you, where you read your Miami Hurricanes coverage from. So, Gabby, I don't know if you want to add anything else to this Jaden Rashada thing that, that blew up. And, you know, Jaden put out a message on his own. Right. Uh, so kind of debunking it. I think, you know, the report also cited John Ruiz, who debunked the report. Um, you know, it just seems like I think a lot of hyperbole is going to happen in the NIL era. Um, and look again, guys are going to get NIL deals. That's not anything we're denying. Uh, but a deal to that extent, I think it's fair to wonder who's putting that information out there. Why would they do that? And if I'm Miami, I would think that maybe a rival school who lost out on a recruit might want to put some bad information out there to try and um, hurt the roster management, right? Because you put out that type of number, um, it's going to make the current roster feel some type of way, right? It's going to make Mario Cristobal's job even harder to try and keep the current roster together in terms of, you know, guys are wondering, well, where's my money at, right? So... I'm rambling. Gabby, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, just again, everything I just got to, I guess, just to reiterate, I mean, we ever, I feel like we haven't really touched on it on the board and all that stuff, even with all the stuff going around. But again, nothing, the number I had, again, heard allegedly is nowhere close to anything that's being reported. Uh, you know, just be very careful because, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, this is a 16, 17 year old kid. And, uh, you know, being crowned the NIL king and all that stuff. And it sounds cool and all that, but it's not. Uh, I think it's a yeah, I, I just I again, I don't want to knock anyone just feels like that's I mean, that's not something we would do around here again, unless we had the numbers in black and white. And I even think then maybe we'd be a little hesitant just because I'm not yeah. sure that that's something that's one really any of like our business. I mean, these kids are minors at the end of the day, like these kids aren't even 18. So, I mean, I'm not really trying to count their pockets or anything like that. But yeah, again, just, I don't think that that, I don't believe that number to be accurate or really even relatively close to being accurate. So um, yeah, that's, I guess my two cents on that. Let's go on to Nathaniel Joseph, right. Who tweeted out, what was it? Monday, early Monday evening that he would be committing early Tuesday evening, I believe at 6 PM, right. Gabby. Yeah. 6 PM Tuesday. So in about six hours while we're recording this. So hopefully you've listened to this podcast um, prior to that. If not, we'll probably provide a instant reaction podcast on Ray Ray's commitment if he picks Miami. So um, 
where where's your feeling on this going into it, Gabby? I think you and I both have crystal balls on Miami. Yeah. Uh, but things could change in a hurry in recruiting. You still liking that crystal ball selection? Yeah, I'm I'm loving it right now. Um, I'm not moving it. I mean, I think it's a. Uh, I think this is just who I'm rolling with. I think the Hurricanes have just done a really good job, man. I think this goes back to. Again, January, I guess Elite Prospect Day was January 22nd, January 21st, that Friday uh, before that Elite Prospect Day where it was much more low-key, but there was still a couple guys rolling through. I mean, that's the first time I saw Nathaniel Joseph on campus with this new Miami staff. I'm not sure if that was the first time that he had ever been there. Uh, maybe there was some sort of, you know, visit before, but that's the that's the one time I saw him there. So I think it starts back then. Uh, you know, they never really held up. They're kind of relentless in their pursuit, uh, despite that Clemson commitment. So uh, I think they've done a lot here. And yeah, I think Louisville did their part too of, you know, showing him a great time on the official visit. They're doing really good things on the recruiting trail. And I do think that uh, he thought long and hard about the Cardinals. And again, not saying that, you know, Miami's definitely the pick, but uh, I'm feeling good about where the Hurricanes are trending going in into that 6 p.m. hour. Yeah, it definitely, like if we're going to pare it down, it seems like a Miami and Louisville battle, fair right. to say. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I, my impression is, look, when Ray Ray decommitted, I think he did it to eventually end up at Miami. That yeah. was the sense I always had. And you've mentioned it in previous podcasts, right? He made multiple visits to UM uh, throughout the winter and spring months that Miami asked to keep quiet because Clemson doesn't like their guys taking visits. Right. So uh, this isn't something that's out of the blue necessarily. This is a thing that's been building. And uh, if Miami is able to get a Ray Ray in the boat, it's a big, big, big time commitment, but we will talk more about that in an instant reaction pod. If he does pick Miami. So, Let's take a break there, Gabby. And then on the other side, we will dive into um, this past weekend's loaded official visit group at Miami. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. All right, we are back. Gabby, the way I want to go into this this week, uh, and you know, we can keep it, I don't know. I feel like we're both pretty long-winded, but we'll do our best to keep it short. Uh, let's go trending up, uh, holding steady, or trending down for each one of these guys following this visit, right? Um, and let's just start with the easy one. We just talked about it. Uh, you don't have to say too much. 
but Ray Ray Joseph. Yeah. I'll keep it simple. No, trending up. I think Miami's trending up. I, I like Miami right now. Okay. Let's uh let's go to the highest ranked visitor then. Uh who was in Coral Gables, Cormani McLean. Yeah, I'd probably put him in the trending up category, not trending up to the point where Miami's the leader in the clubhouse. But, uh, you know, I think the general vibe coming, you know, from the McLean camp and, you know, people around him is, you know, I, I do think Alabama is the team to beat here. I think that they're they're a firm leader right now. But I think the thought was that uh, that Florida was probably second with Miami uh, trailing in third, maybe a distant third. And, you know, I did the, I think the hurricanes did a really good job of closing that gap between, uh, you know, Florida and themselves, uh, to the point where I think they might actually have a leg up on Florida coming off of this official visit. And, um, you know, again, I think that that's a testament to DeMarcus Van Dyke, who I, I, he, I think he's just done an incredible job of establishing a relationship here with Cormani McLean dating back to, you know, the last year when he was a cornerbacks coach and, uh, you know, just having a really uh, good relationship with him and his mom. So I know DeMarcus Van Dyke and he, you know, he is an analyst right now, but I mean, make no mistake about it. He's at the forefront of this recruitment. And uh, you, you talk to Cormani about the coach that he has the best relationship with, and he's always going to mention DeMarcus Van Dyke first. So um, I think Miami's key. I think Miami's done a really good job of continuing to move up there. I think they definitely impressed mom and uh, mom who was with him on the trip and Mario Cristobal of course has, has done a really good job with, with, you know, keeping Miami afloat. And then of course, Jamile die uh, who's, who's made his way into this recruitment. So I think Miami's probably slightly ahead of Florida right now, uh, but still behind Alabama. So for those reasons, I'll, I'll put him in that trending up category. So Cormani McLean, of course, the six foot, 265 pound corner out of Lakeland uh, high school, just transferred there. So, uh, freak and coverage, uh, natural cover coverage skills, long corner, uh, probably the best corner in the country. This cycle, I'm a big fan. Uh, to me, Gabby, it seems like, you know, I think Miami just needs to play the long game here and hope Cormani doesn't make a decision until December ish. Um, right. And they need to bank on a good season. They need to be a team that's viewed as hot uh, at the end of the year, I think. And a 10-win season, I think, really puts them in the game for a guy like Cormani. But that being said, you know, I do think Alabama is going to be tough to beat at the end of the day. Let's yeah, go no, to the – go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, I was going to say I agree. I, I mean, I agree with all that. Let's, uh, let's go to the next highest-ranked guy. That visited. That's a five-star offensive tackle, Samson Okinlola. He is out of Thayer Academy in Massachusetts. Number 20 overall player in the country. Gabby, trending up, uh, hold steady, or trending down? I mean, I, I, he's probably teeter-tottering that, that line of, uh, you know, maybe holding steady and trending up. And the reason I say that is because he did take the official visit to Miami, which I think shows some legitimate interest. Uh, but, you know, this is a, you know, top tier offensive lineman. I might lean towards trending up just because, uh, you know, I think this visit was a really big deal. And he's seen, I mean, again, all the feedback I'm kind of getting off the visit is that he and his family really enjoyed their time. I mean, I saw his, 
his family kind of walking out and wrapping things up. And, you know, they seem to just be kind of all smiles, uh, you know, kind of sad to go uh, with some of those, you know, big time Miami staffers, Alex Mirabal's and Mario Cristobal's, all those guys. Uh, so I'd probably put him in that trending up category again. Uh, I think Miami feels good about where they stand and potentially landing one of these elite, uh, you know, potential plug and not potential plug and play. I mean, I guess that's to be determined, but they feel like they can potentially land one of these uh, elite tackles. And I think Auckland Lola's fair game right now, Alabama, Michigan state, I think are a couple of schools that got official visits. Uh, he says he still has two more in his back pocket that he could use in season, but also didn't rule out a summer commitment. And I don't know. I think if he does decide to make a summer commitment, I think that would be because Miami gave him something to think about because it didn't seem like he was going into the visit feeling that way. So um, I think uh, I'd probably put him in that trending up category uh, all the feedback he kind of gave me was, was really positive and uh, kind of looking and seeing him in person. I mean, it's just kind of, wow. It's like, he's the type of dude that you could see walking across the NFL draft stage on the first day in the first round of that NFL draft bear, hugging the commissioner, all that type of stuff. His dad's actually bigger than he is. Uh, Samson's probably six, five, maybe. I think his dad's probably closer to like six, seven. So I think, I mean, again, maybe there's still even room for him to grow a little bit more. Next guy to talk about Jonel Aguero, who, Technically a five-star, uh, according to the composite. Um, he is the number 34 overall player in the country. He's out of St. John's Prep in Massachusetts. Uh, Gabby, trending up, hold steady, trending down. Yeah, this is a, I probably go trending down here. Uh, I'm not sure that they're feeling super confident about where they stand. I think Ohio State's going to be tough to beat. Uh, I could see Georgia being really difficult to kind of top as well. Uh, I'd probably put Miami third at best right now. Not saying that that's definitely what's happening, but he is someone that pushed up his commitment timeline. Uh, he's going to make a July commitment also. I'm kind of feeling either the Buckeyes or the Bulldogs right now. Okay. I'm not sure Miami has the juice. That's disappointing because I think going in, Miami felt good about where they stood. But yeah, yeah things change. and read you can get a better read on it after an official visit right. next guy uh linebacker malik bryant linebacker slash edge rusher right. malik bryant at a jones orlando jones high school 6'2 235 top 50 player in the country number 49 uh, four-star guy big time athlete uh that miami could develop trending up hold steady trending down yeah, trending up for me definitely is Malik Bryan. I think Miami's put themselves in a in a really, really competitive spot. You know, again, another guy making a July 23rd commitment. I mean, I'm kind of looking at Miami and I'm wondering who, what like what else is really gonna happen here. I'm not I'm not sold that Bama's still heavily involved or like really in the mix for him anymore. Okay. Um, again, not saying that That's they big. won't be or that not saying they won't be or that they can't make another push. But I mean, my understanding of the situation is that Alabama might be kind of pulling off a little bit um, again, Florida. I, I kind of like where Miami stands better than Florida and then Maryland. He has a couple teammates that are that just committed to the to the Terps. Derek Rogers, a guy that we've talked about that Miami offered recently. He committed right. to Maryland. Uh, Dylan Wade, another tight end that Jones we really like just committed to Maryland yep. as well. I mean, he took an official visit up there with both those guys. I mean, we saw Terrence Lewis, a five-star linebacker, commit to them a few cycles ago. Are they a team to watch? Maybe. But, I mean, Miami got that final official visit, you know, this last weekend of June. And I don't know, man. I, again, I don't have a crystal ball in right now, but I'm looking at Miami, and I'm thinking that they could potentially come out of this recruitment on top. That'd be big because Miami does need to start adding some linebacker-level talent, uh, whether that's 
whether he's an off ball linebacker or a uh, Jack linebacker, uh, Malik Bryant would be a monster addition. Uh, next highest rated, rated guy is Monroe Freeling, the offensive tackle out of South Carolina, Oceanside Collegiate Academy, number 62 overall in the country. Gabby, seen him out at uh, Legends Camp. He definitely has a, a big frame to develop. Looks like a you know, a, a nice right tackle prospect. Um, what's, what's the vibe there? Stock up, yeah, hold steady, I, stock down. I'd probably, I, this is one I'd probably hold steady right now. And I say that not because I don't think Miami did a good job with him this weekend, just because I just really say that because it doesn't sound like he's in any, he's not, he doesn't seem ready to make a decision yet. Uh, says that that last weekend of July, he could go see someone else. He said he'd like to go see uh, potentially Michigan and Ohio State or just one of those two before potentially narrowing things down, uh, you know, going into his senior season. He doesn't seem like one of these these types that are like, oh, I want to get it out of the way. I want to be able to focus on my team my senior season. Uh, he seems like he wants to take fall visits. Kind of made it known to me that he plans to get back down to Hard Rock Stadium in the fall. So, look, I think Miami's in this, but this is th this could potentially be long game for Miami. And uh, we don't know what the tackle board is going to sort of look like in, you know, October, November. But, um, you know, I think this is someone that if Miami's willing to kind of hold steady with, that just kind of, again, just kind of go through the process with, uh, I think it's possible that they can come out you know, like, or at least just be, again, one of those top contenders to have a hat on the table when it's all said and done. Cause, uh, sounds like Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, Georgia, Florida, again, let's say Michigan or Ohio state. If you get to see one of those guys are also giving him some stuff to think about as well. So, uh, again, he was really big. He grew up a big Oregon fan, lived in Oregon, told me basically on Sunday morning that if he still lived out in Oregon and this staff was still at Oregon, he probably just would be committed to Oregon because that's what we grew up loving. And, uh, Mario Cristobal, he's who is who he sort of grew up watching lead the ducks. Um, so I think you could take that for what it's worth, but I don't think this process is anywhere near over yet. Next guy is four-star defensive lineman Jackson Howard out of Robbinsdale Cooper High School in Minneapolis, Minnesota. 6'4", 250, has a big frame, still filling out, I think. Uh, four-star, number 96 overall in the country. Coming into this visit, Gabby, you were feeling good about Miami. Uh, anything changed there after the visit? Yeah, I don't really know how to designate this one because I mean, I don't I feel like trending down could be too dramatic and holding steady would be uh, kind of like me still feeling as good as I felt coming into the visit. So I do think Miami's in is in like maybe the top half of these of this final four. I think LSU's giving him a lot to think about. I mean, Jamar Kane is one of the best defensive line coaches in the country, did a lot with uh, at Oklahoma. And, you know, I think he was probably the one that developed Nick Bonito and all that. And I think uh, the, the prospect of potentially playing SEC football is enticing, uh, you know, at a major program like, like LSU, uh, Brian Kelly, all that stuff. So again, I think LSU is really in this. I'm kind of looking at them as maybe the, the top contenders for Miami, but I'm not ready to like totally write off, you know, these guys yet again, I think there's really strong relationships uh, between Stephen field, who was at one point recruiting him as a tight end. Now with uh, Rod, Wright, Joe Salavea, uh, Jason Taylor, all these guys I think have made really big impressions on him. And it sounds like he's, I mean, just to me, he sounded genuinely torn about what he was going to do. I was talking to him Saturday at legends camp and, you know, asked him, Hey, like, do you feel like, you know, in your mind, you kind of know what you're doing. And he was just like, honestly, like, I don't like, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. So I don't think that this is, I don't think the cake is fully baked yet. I'm not sure that there's any 
concrete decision yet, but uh, I know people in Coral Gables are kind of looking at the Tigers and thinking that it could potentially be them on Friday. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so I will say, right, he is he is going to announce July 1st. Uh, time is to be announced, to be determined uh, for that commitment. Um, at this point, you know, Tuesday afternoon, there are no crystal ball predictions yet for Mr. Howard, which further indicates what you're saying, Gabby, that, uh, you know, still kind of thinking through things. Uh, next guy is Madden Sanker, the interior offensive lineman out of South Paulding, High School in Douglasville, Georgia, number 108 overall in the country, four-star guy. Um, I think prior to the Miami official visit, he was picking up some Louisville crystal balls. Did Miami's visit change anything with that in your mind, Gabby? I, absolutely not. Uh, from I mean, Without going into too much detail, uh, you know, kind of got a call on, I guess, sometimes Sunday that kind of, I don't know, it Miami's moving on, it seems like, and it was described to me as maybe some questionable antics or behaviors over, like, over the course of the visit that just kind of rubbed some people in the building the wrong way. And uh, it sounds to me like that's just not going to happen for Miami. I expect him to go to Louisville. Um, I put in that crystal ball shortly after all that. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I'm going to say about that. Next guy is four-star corner Jalen Braxton. Uh may have, I don't know how to even describe this, may have briefly committed to Michigan yeah. State, but is now believed to be uh, trending to Arkansas, or at least that was the case before the Miami visit. He's five foot 11 and a half, 170 pounds, runs about a 10-8 in the 100 meters. Number 248 overall player in the country, comes from Frisco, Texas, uh, Lone Star High School. Um Gabby, what's trending up? Hold steady, trending down. Yeah, again, I mean, I don't really know how you even felt about him coming in. So, I mean, maybe I would go, maybe I would just hold steady for now. Uh, sounds like he was going to make a commitment on July 9th. Uh, for me, I think right now my money's on Arkansas. Uh, again, yeah, he like briefly committed to Michigan State, but kind of like pivoted after, was kind of like, okay, I feel like I kind of jumped the gun there, did that too prematurely. So I guess kind of just scrubbed his social media of anything of him like publicly committing to Michigan state and went on an official visit to go see the Razorbacks, Sam Pittman, all those guys in Fayetteville that seemed to have gone pretty well. Again, I think the idea of SEC football is pretty, is pretty enticing for him. Uh, came down to Miami to get the, to give these guys a look. But uh, right now, if, if I had a forecast in it, probably be on Arkansas. And the next guy to get into is, to me, he's one of the, you could say he's the most intriguing guy that visited over the weekend. Oh, yeah. And that's Collins Akiampong. He is from Fairmount Prep in Anaheim, California. Gabby's, uh, you know, told his story in previous podcasts. He is a former basketball player. He does have some freshman year high school football tape that stands out on its own. Uh, but he was out at Legends Camp just watching. And he is a guy you do not miss with his frame. He's six foot seven, 250 pounds. Looks like a Greg Russo type of guy on the edge in terms of body type. Uh, he ranks as the 297th player in the country, probably just because he is, you know, he hasn't played football in a couple of years. Uh, but he, to me, if the tape checks out this fall, 
he's a guy that could skyrocket up the rankings. Um, Michigan seemed to be the team to beat coming into this Miami visit. So Gabby stock up, hold steady, stock down. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I'm way stock up, um, you know, kind of the you know, crystal ball right now. If you were to look at this profile, you you'd kind of just get, assume he's headed to Michigan. Um, I mean, in the words of the great Lee Corso, not so fast. Um, I think Miami's in a really good spot here, kind of down this final stretch. Another guy that's going to make that uh, July 1st commitment. So that's coming up on Friday. Uh, and he's definitely going to get some senior tape just because he's kind of making the move to Rancho, uh, Rancho Santa Margarita there in the same district as, a, I believe, as St. John Bosco and, and Matter Day, you know, some, okay. some California powerhouses. So he's, he's going to go from playing no football from his, fr- from, uh, you know, since his freshman year to playing some big time Southern California football. So uh, definitely going to get a better read on him just as a prospect going forward. But I mean, you, you talk about Greg Russo and again, I, maybe as a player comp, I think that might be a little like unfair to him because we don't really know, but from a size and frame standpoint, I mean, as a high school junior, it's not super far off. I mean, David, we both got eyes on Greg Russo this weekend and and this kid's a legit six foot seven, 254 pounds. I mean, he's much thicker than Greg Russo was. He's much more filled out than Russo was at the same stage of the process. So, um, I think he's kind of, I mean, I kind of, look at him as just like a big ball of clay. Cause I think whoever gets him is just going to be able to turn him into whatever they want. I mean, Miami really is making a really, really strong push here. I mean, again, everything, all the feedback I'm getting back is that Miami is even if not slightly ahead of where Michigan was coming into the weekend. So uh, again, I don't have any forecasts in right now, but uh, again, if I, I like where Miami's at right now, I think they have a great opportunity to close out here and beat one of one of college football's premier programs for you know, again, a raw prospect who has the potential to be just a big time, big time impact player in, at the college level. Next guy to talk about is Jonathan Klein, the interior offensive lineman out of Cartersville, Georgia, 6'4", 295, three-star guy. Um, I think coming into the visit, Gabby, right, we were wondering, uh, you know, is he going to have the green light to commit? Uh, you know, how serious is Miami uh, with Mr. Klein? All indications going into the weekend was that Miami really liked them, but that could change uh, as you get guys on campus and that can change when you start feeling good about other guys on your board, potentially at that same position. So following the weekend, Gabby, what's the vibes there? Yeah, kind of the latter there, David. I think it's just Miami kind of starting to feel good about about their board and what they got going on. Jonathan Klein's been a guy that they've been kind of keeping warm uh, over the course of this recruiting process. I mean, brought him, invited him over to that elite prospect day in January. I think he's someone they always felt good about. But, um, you know, again, from, from what I understand, it just seems like Miami's probably going in a different direction. Uh, the feedback I got I got from dad coming off the visit was that it was Miami and another school. And I wrote, I wrote this morning on, on inside the U.com that whoever that other school is, which I'm guessing might be, excuse me, ECU based on his social media, uh, I guess potentially UCF. I mean, regardless of who it is, uh, I expect him to, I expect him to land there. If that's where, if he's yeah. choosing to make a commitment anytime here soon. Last guy to touch on is Tommy Kinsler, uh, offensive lineman at a Trinity Catholic in Ocala, Florida. Visited Florida on an official visit the week before he visited Miami, gave his pledge to Florida, still went down and visited Miami, which I think says something. Uh, but Mr. Kinsler is, he's a guy with a big frame, 6'6", 330, 
probably an interior guy, but a big physical guy that can lean on a defensive line during the course of a game where I'm down, et cetera. Um, I think, I think he's a good player, uh, even though he is a three star. Um, how does Miami feel about where things stand in terms of him being committed to Florida? Is Miami done recruiting him? Is that a done deal to Florida or is this thing not over yet? Yeah, David, I don't think this is over yet. I don't think this is anywhere near over yet. Um, you know, again, this is a guy that they've been kind of identifying and those that have been following us on inside the U and subscribed know that Miami values Tommy Kinsler very highly. And, you know, he committed to Florida while on a, on, on a visit over there. Uh, again, they still kind of got him down to Miami just the, the, the very next weekend for an official visit. And again, uh, I, I think Miami's giving him plenty to think about, about uh, just on that Florida commitment. Um, again, they're really pushing. This is someone that they really, really like. And, uh, you know, just because he's he has uh, the Gator logo next to his name right now is definitely not stopping Alex Mirabal and those guys. And again, from what I've kind of been able to gather on the situation. I think Miami feels pretty good about the traction that they were able to get in that recruitment. Now that they're finally able to get him on campus, I don't believe that they had at any point since Mario Cristobal arrived. So I think him and his family that were able to spend some time in South Florida gave them maybe just a little bit more to think about, but you know, Ocala has been a sort of a breeding ground for, for Florida. And I think it's always going to be tough for him to go back home and uh, you know, maybe think about it a little bit more and then maybe potentially turn down the Gators to play for, Miami. Uh, I think that'd be a pretty unprecedented move for, for that area. All right. Well, good stuff, Gabby. Wrapping things up on the official visit weekend. want to remind people we have a subscription deal. Recruiting never stops in this Mario Cristobal era. So you guys can hop on to a 60% off deal. Gets you an annual VIP sub at 43 bucks. Um, join the fun. Uh, you know, Jaden Rashada commitment day was a lot of fun at InsideTheU.com. So, uh, appreciate everyone listening. As always, uh, Gabby and I will probably have a quick little pod Thursday uh, where we preview the potential three uh, prospects set to announce uh, on Friday. Uh, Those times are to be determined. So, hopefully, when we record on Thursday, we know the times and we will know more information in terms of the vibes on where those guys might be trending. Uh, But until then, appreciate everyone listening. Thanks as always to all of you for your support. Until next time, take care.